Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. As always, I am joined in the virtual studio by cool producer Joel. Hello Mark. Hello Joel, how's it going? It's going well, how are you? Haven't seen you for a week, what's been happening? Oh, all sorts mate, I'm, sat here. I'm in my bedroom right now, I'll level with you. I'm wearing the t-shirt I slept in last night. You're not. Yeah, I had a very early start at work today, so I just started working straight up. away. I've only just cleaned uh, my teeth. It's 20 oh past my. one. Oh my goodness. That's Are you one on of the, your own at the flat? Yeah, that's one of the bigger... My teeth brushing schedule has gone out the window since COVID happened, you know? For God's sake, I, No, no, no. I'm always getting two twice a day. Always still hitting twice a day. But sometimes yeah. it'll be like 4pm and then, you know, 11pm. You can't, like, you can't be doing that, Joel. You I need know. to sort this out. I know. It's very important, but it's just you know, this is one of the, this is one of the um, side effects of COVID that no one talks about. Really, is my teeth brushing schedule. <laughs> yeah, everybody should be talking about your teeth yeah, brushing schedule. I think so. Yeah, it's always important. And you know, if you want to talk about it, let us know at jokes with Mark <laughs> or Joe underscore Grove. Uh, let us know what you think about this disgusting habit that Joel's got into. Um, I, I cleaned my teeth early today, Joel. Oh yeah, what's early for you though? Well, about about one p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I got up early. I was, I've been busy. B. Been a busy bloody B. Oh, well and Joe, I was in your neck of the woods the other day on Sunday. I was in Stratford. Oh yeah. And I thought, should I message Joe? And I thought, oh, he's probably got plans on a Sunday, hasn't he? Would you have had plans on a Sunday? What? what no, I don't doing? think I did. I went for a big swim on Sunday morning, and then I just laid around in the flat all day. With your missus? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, she could have come. We could have all hung out. Yeah, could have done. Why did oh, I, I do? oh, should I let should you know? should have let me know. What were you doing in Stratford? What was I doing in Stratford? Good question. Um, I was doing some filming, actually, Joel. Um, mm. So I've been working on a, a show called a DIY Pundit on BT Sport. Uh, it is... Uh, oh, is that what I was about to say? It's out tonight, but this is going to go out a day late. So it was, it was out yesterday. <laughs> But I think, it, well, it's a weekly show, so check it out if you've got BT Sport and you like sport. But I went to the um, the triathlon event, mm-hmm. and I did. I basically did a two-minute video about this, the triathlon Super League, and that was quite near Stratford, so I, that's why I was around. Nice. It's good fun. Have you ever done a triathlon? No. Would you? You like your swimming? 
you go running. How's your cycling? Cycling's all right. I think the swimming would let me down though, because isn't it like open water swimming? So I tell you what, I was watching, and it's such a weird thing because you're, you're seeing them bombing around on the bikes. Mm. They're bombing around running, and when they get in the water, no matter how good you are at swimming in like a massive lock, you look. It just looks frustratingly slow. Yeah, of course. As a spectator, yeah. it's really annoying. <laughs> So I think that must be the same when you're in there, right? Yeah, 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 I bet. Do you reckon it's a bit all triathletes despise? What, 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 what the triathlon? or the? No, they're swimming specifically, if they had to pick a favourite. But I guess what's exciting about the triathlon is that they probably all have different skill strength. sets. And so, so they, can, might they be catch each other up. Bit. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was very, very exciting. <laughs> um, and I've never been to one of those before, so... There you go. Amazing athletes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> In the video, for, I made, for more the, for more the, punditry like that, the <laughs> angle I took was that I thought it was a rubbish sport, okay. but knowingly, but I think obviously they're amazing. Yeah, um, and I'll post that video actually on my social media, so check that out. Um, so cool, shall we crack on with the podcast? Oh, we've got a good episode this week. Well, sorry, it's a little bit late, but I mean, it's just it's quite busy, uh, which is a nice thing, really. Yeah. Um, so, but it's a good episode. Very good. Um, I mean, I know who it is, but as tradition, who is it, Joel? It's Mr. Colin Cloud. <laughs> it's Mr. Colin Cloud. Um, I like the way you delivered that, Joel. Um, all the way from blooming Las Vegas. Wow. Where he's doing a residency. So he was on Britain's Got Talent. Not Britain's Got Talent. He was on Britain's Got Talent. We talk about that, actually. But he was on America's Got Talent mm. most recently. And uh, did very well. Uh, so uh, what I'd say, actually, um, if you've got chance, whack y- your YouTube on and uh, look up his America's Got Talent audition because that, that would actually work really nicely alongside the interview. So but you don't have to do that. But if you can, it's only a few minutes. Check it out. Um, cool. Then shall we crack on with it, Joe? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. You excited? Yeah. You don't sound excited, Joel. I'm excited. It's because you've got, you need to put, like, what I want you to do, I want you to put a different T-shirt on for the outro because I think that's bringing you down. I think, you, do, you, do you know what you, I mean? We're on a Zoom call and it sort of feels like you just want me to take my top off. I mean, you don't have to do it on camera, Joel. Okay. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's Colin Cloud. I change it lots because I, I do just get bored quickly and I touched on this already briefly that the so the area of magic that I focus on is the mentalism stuff which is for you know yeah for the the muggles out there is like the more psychological side it's the suggestion the psychology the the stuff that looks like mind reading but isn't psychic type stuff right so it's not pulling rabbits out of hats or like card tricks right. it's it's really just me dealing with people and that came from like a real love of comedy growing up and I went to I mean I grew up near Edinburgh so I had the Edinburgh festival on my doorstep my entire life right and I was yeah 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 August was like Christmas for me as a kid because I, I just I loved comedy like I remember Friday nights as a kid watching the fast show and father Ted mm. and just anything that I could find I just I loved it but what was weird is I didn't just love watching I loved analyzing why was that funny and what made that funny and really picking it apart and just like you know so as much as the stuff i perform on stage is very much like sherlock holmes-esque stuff that really comes from an appreciation of comedians being very aware individuals and very present and and really studying people and it was always like how are they picking up on this so quickly and 
and using it. So, so yeah, my love of comedy and Sherlock bizarrely go hand in hand. Uh, but grew up in Edinburgh, went to university in Glasgow, and basically had the stand comedy club in both of those places. Mm. And would go there as much as I could to just absorb, you know, comedy when I was at university. And finally built up the balls, I suppose, to so get did you So did you just stand up straight when you... I did stand up straight uh, for a while. I, I mean, oh, I was cool. no, so no I didn't proficient know that. at it at all. <laughs> no one is where they start. Like uh, um, but definitely comedy has become very much the mechanism and the glue that ties my shows together. Because I think, you know, when you're doing a... If you go see a magic show, there's lots of visual spectacle to look at. But when mm. you're doing the stuff I do, it's really me and a microphone. It is very stand-up comedy-esque in that I, the, the thing I use, and I mean this in the most respectful way possible, are other people, and they become the stars of the show as much as me, you know? And it's really about, it was about rather learning how to turn them into, or, or find the gold for mm. those people and make them do and say things that really lead to those hilarious slash amazing moments. But Did you, did you find when you did stand-up that you liked crowd work when you did when you were doing it i did but i found that i was very standard in the what's your name where are you from what do you do for a living it was yeah. all that type of stuff and i just felt it was very lazy but i mean it what it did though it built up the rolodex of comebacks for things of like in the moment you know this if you didn't if i didn't think of a great thing to say there and then yeah on the yeah. drive home be like what would have been a funnier thing oh i should have said that and you then know? next and, time when it happens yeah, you're constantly waiting. You're looking in the room for yeah. that person. Where's the Where's the welder who only welds rubber? Because I've got a you know. But, uh, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. So building up the rolodex and the and that the muscle for for comedy and and the you know learning what is funny and what isn't funny for you and how, and how you you know me me personally and what, mm. what what can I do and how do what facial expressions what posture mannerisms. Uh, the enunciation, all the like, all that stuff. What makes it funny for you know for me? I at least got to learn or dabble in learning, beginning to learn that stuff, and that was like super important because, again, everything I do is just me talking, and you know, a guy talking if it's not funny every x number of seconds, it does get yeah pretty boring pretty fast. So, oh, so and you, I think so because you came from that sorry? back because you came from that background. Does that is that different to other people that do the same sort of thing as you? Do you find like do they ever sort of go on a bit too much? You think and then because oh, if you yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like I, I think a lot of people get into magic slash mentalism slash that stuff because they are socially awkward kids, and I'll include mm. myself in that. Like when I was younger. I was really nervous, like, I got embarrassed easily, like, I used to Same. hate making eye contact, like, in English, when you knew that it was your turn to give a talk to the class, like, I had nightmares about oh, that mate, for a I'm exactly, exactly the same as you, <laughs> yeah, which is mad that really... we do what we do, isn't it? I know, right? <laughs> like, yeah. We, we really showed that who's boss, we've yeah. spent our life just <laughs> overcoming that one traumatic phase. Um, one of the long routines that I did, I say long, uh, the show that we do at the Mirage is 90 minutes. And uh, that's kind of split almost 50-50 between Shin and I, where it's not like me opening for him, then him coming on. It's literally, I do open the show, but then it's him, then it's me, then it's mm. him, then it's me, then it's us, then it's him. Then... So it's like a real mishmash of like, you know, just to constantly keep, as we said, like attention levels and have that texture so people don't get into, you know, the lull of watching too much of the same thing for too long. So it has that variety. Um, but the new thing that I've put in, uh, bizarrely, is I, I want. I saw Penn and Taylor's show. Uh, they started yeah. back a few months before us, and what was amazing about it? All their stuff. Penn has this great line where he says, "You know, we we're coming back to do the show, and we phoned our friend Piff the Magic Dragon, and Piff said, listen, boys, it's tough going back. Audiences are weird.'" 
They don't know how to be an audience again yet. Masks are on. It's it's bizarre. So do the old stuff. Do the greatest hits. Just, you know, do the, the workhorses. And Penn went, so we heard that. And uh, we're doing 10 new tricks tonight, everyone. We thought, we don't know the old stuff. We don't remember the old stuff anyway. So why bother trying? Let's just write new stuff. And it was just like, oh, shit, what a great mindset, first of all. Mm. But what was amazing is that everything in their show, and I've always loved this about, like, good acts. If you were to take pictures of their, their show, None of those photos look like any other. Certainly in the magic mentalism world, the best performers, their stage pictures don't look like anyone else's. And mm. I know with comedy, that's because it's usually you, a microphone, and then the wall behind you, right? But what I mean by that is like the props or whatever it is you are using, like the more bizarre it can be, the better. So, and I, so this was the inspiration was, I was like, what's the weirdest thing I could do on stage uh, or predict something? I wanted, I really wanted to have a routine where the, kids in the audience were the mind readers and right. uh, because we didn't really use a, there's a lot of kids come because they've seen america's got talent and they know shin and i from that but the stuff he does is very much usually just him with the camera and my stuff is usually more adult so i thought i want to have like one bit that's just kids that's a bit sillier but, sorry where my character is still like i'm still me and like serious but then the kids make it silly and i'm like annoyed yeah. that the kids are being silly and not great, taking great. it seriously um, that's a great dynamic so, yeah, and, I, and I'll be honest, and say, I mean, we're only two months in and I have never done anything with kids before, so I am still learning and I'll, I'll mm. tell you in a minute some of the, the weird <laughs> shit that's happened. But the visual I wanted was like a prediction where they read my mind and I went for lunch with a, a magician friend of mine in, who I toured with through, in North America for a few years, a guy called Kevin James, who has created some of the, the most amazing illusions that you will have seen on TV shows for people like David Copperfield and, you know, the big names. Mm. He's the brains behind some of their, their stuff. And I went for lunch with him and told him this idea. And he went, it's okay, but have you got any other ideas of how it could look? Because I was going to have just like a blackboard on stage. And he went, it's a bit boring and you've done it before and it's done. And then went, well, the other idea was to have a fridge door, a fridge on stage. And the, the, oh. the prediction was in fridge magnets on the door. He went and he put his knife and fork down. Looked, he doesn't swear much. And he looked at me and he went, that's fucking brilliant. And I was like, are you winding me up? Because you're either saying that because you want to see me do it and look like a fool, or you actually think it's brilliant. He went, no, it's brilliant. Then I realized if I have a full fridge on stage, it, someone could be inside the fridge. So to, so people know that that's not what we were doing. We had to just take the fridge door off. And now I've got just a fridge door on a stand on stage. And um, I, Oh, you I mean someone up. inside the fridge and then they're... Just yeah, moving the stuff. That's, well, that's oh, what right, I didn't yeah. want people because that's not that's yeah. not what's happening. But I didn't want people thinking maybe that's there's it, just yeah. someone in the fridge. So it was like shit. How do we do that? And then it was like, well, just have the fridge door and nothing else. So it's literally <laughs> imagine opening a fridge door and then just having that. It's such a weird image, right? Um, so getting the kid up on stage, that's that's fine, right? I, I find a kid. I'm like, who's seven, eight, nine, or ten? Who wants to help? And I've got a few jokes with them on the way up to the stage. But the thing that I am still genuinely struggling with is how to introduce, for lack of a better word, this fridge door on stage. It's so obscure. <laughs> and so at the moment, I, I sit the kid down and I say, "Look, you're going to read my mind today in my kitchen. I wrote a song." And I wrote it in fridge magnets on my fridge door. Have you seen the fridge magnets? Yeah, you leave notes for each other. 
Uh, and my, my line at the moment is I say, like, last week my wife left a note uh, in fridge magnets that said, this isn't working. But I opened the door and the light was still on, the food was still cold. <laughs> That's a great Hashtag joke. clueless, am I right? And I fist bumped the kid. Uh, and it's like, but yeah, I brought it with me. So ladies and gentlemen, please, well, please welcome to the stage, all the way direct from my kitchen, my fridge door. And the curtains open. And some nights the audience really go for it and they're like, way for it. And some nights it's nothing, right? And it's like... I've, so uh, some some jokes I've tried there. My friend Erica Rhodes, who is an amazing comedian uh, out here in America, uh, she's got a special on Amazon. So if you're not familiar, it's well mm. worth checking. And she had like the confidence to film it during quarantine, like you know those car parking lot gigs where cars. Uh, yeah, did look the car. So yeah. she did it there, and like her stuff's brilliant. But she's such a she's a great writer of jokes, and and her line, and I tried it, and so. I should also say the room that we do the show in after our show is a show called Aces of Comedy. And Aces of Comedy, it's comedians like I've mentioned, like Tom Segura is often on after oh, me, yeah. or like Whitney Cummings or Eliza. Amazing. Or like, it's, it's like top, like, so I get to watch all this and just like absorb. It feels like I'm back in, it's the American version of Edinburgh Festival. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but the crew who watch our show also watch them. So when we were taking the show and testing the show, I tried Erica's line. She wrote a joke for me where the fridge would appear or the curtains would open, the fridge is there, and I'd say, yeah, not impressed by the fridge door. That's because you, audience, know that it's what's on side of the, inside of the fridge that really counts. You know, I didn't fluff it for, <laughs> for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this idea of what's on, inside the fridge. And, and when I said it for the crew, like, they died because they get smart mm. comp like and she is a smart comedy writer and it's a yeah, great yeah. line the idea of it's what's inside of the fridge that's what really counts um and they laughed i'm like oh cool that's the line so i said that during the show for the audience nothing and that's because i, I need to kind of sometimes remember the context in which the audience for our show are entering they're entering to see a magic show right not they're to, not yeah. coming in expecting to think too hard about what it is yeah. you know so it's like oh that was too smart and that's why then the line about my wife and the fridge magnets like, I hate that. Like, I don't, I, I don't like that joke. It's not like my proudest moment of writing, but the audience love it. And it's like, oh man, really? But tr I'm still trying to find the line. So even when I go, my fridge door, and we have got LED lights in it. So the nights yeah. where the audience do re really applaud, I turn to the kid and I'm like, yeah, they're amazed because the lights are on and it's not even plugged in. I'm sorry. <laughs> Best trick of the show. And that <laughs> then, that helped. Like when they laugh, yeah. then that just like caps the laugh. And that just... But when they don't it... applaud for it, I've still not, I'm just not happy mm. with like my fridge door. And it's just like, and it is off the back of now that joke about the, the wife and the fridge magnets and writing that on the door. So what that's, so I think that's... I, I love, I love the fridge magnet joke, the right, the, um, <laughs> it's not working. I think that's great. I think it's a really good joke. It is, um, and oh, the, is there a way? The audience, the audience really like it. And what's great about it is it goes over the kid's head as well. And I make it seem like it's gone over my head because I'm like, you know, lights are on, food's still cold. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Hashtag clueless, am I right? And I fist bump them. And usually the yeah. kid doesn't know what a fist bump is. So I have to pick up their wrist and then do that. And then like, so it just, it's a great little, it just tells the story yeah. of like me still in that moment of being like this hyper aware guy who's clueless about it. So there's like so many little dynamics. Is, is there a joke to get you the fridge door on where it's like you say you wanted to bring the fridge with you but you didn't want, like, you, you, you didn't want to annoy your wife. So, so you're sort of, so you, you bought the fridge door thinking that's okay because the fridge is still there. But obviously the fridge at home isn't working now because it hasn't got a door. 
Yeah. Well, so, so what I played, so I, I have tried the line where I go, my fridge door. Yeah, now it's definitely not working. Uh, she's a better mind reader than I am. Like, or I've tried that one night. Yeah. But, but I, so, so I take your point. I see what you're saying. I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to bring the full fridge. I mean, then the food, you know, that's yeah. that, that sense of... She'd be annoyed know, at me if, if I've... If I've brought the full brought, fridge, yeah. Because she wouldn't have any food. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's like something not quite... But it's such a weird, small thing. It, like, it, it's the Hispania if you give it this really massive, grand, like... This big thing, make out that it's this huge thing coming on stage, and then you pull yeah. the thing, and it's just the door. Like, I know, but then I would need to not do the jokes about the wife, or it would need to be like, I've got you know something that's really sacred to me all the way from my house, and I brought it here just for you. That's right, Dave. My fridge door, and then like do like big like yeah. I, I would let the music build during that and the lights and. And then it'd be like such an anticlimactic moment and be like, what, not impressed by a fridge door? Like, what I did discover is Scotland actually invented the fridge as well. So then oh. I tried to play in with the, the idea of something cool. from, my, <laughs> from my home country. I have also tried putting things in the fridge door, like Listerine and like, oh, what did we have? Like a tennis ball. And I, and I held it up and went, look, haggis, and put it back. Like, I've tried stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. But even that, the, I would say maybe 15% of the audience get it and it's just i've just it's so frustrating that i mm. have i know how to get the kid up and when we're into the trick i know all the lines and i found so yeah. many little gems with the kid but the moment that i'm really frustrated by is just when the curtains open and it's like so i brought it from my kitchen my fridge door and just oh i, I just don't know what the line is because you just because and you just need them to have a big reaction or a laugh just, I, is it is it like a, them to to, like as a round of applause or do you want them to laugh at seeing it? I would it? rather they laugh at, like, at the ridiculousness of of me still being essentially clueless to be like, you know, so I brought it with me right from my kitchen, my fridge door! And it's, the, I mean, the curtains open quickly. Like, it's not like a slow reveal. It's like, poof, they're open and it's it's there. It's like, but it's almost like, like I said, the reason I love the Penn and Teller show is that I in my head have the photographs of their stage images and everything was so weird that you'll never forget it. I... When people leave the show now, and I've had people from our crew go out and like poll the audience, certainly at the beginning when we first opened, being like, what did you like? The number of people who went, oh, the fridge door. Like, the fridge door is so memorable now because it's so yes. freaking weird, right? It's just like... Yeah, of course. It's bizarre. <laughs> but um, but um, it is just that moment of like, how do I... So what? So for the moment, what I have done is I've... Until... Because I knew we were going to have this chat. I've kind of parked the idea. And in the show... Basically, when I get to the part where I say, you know, this isn't working, fist bump the kid, uh, mm. and I just go, so I brought it with me, and the curtains open, and I, I grab a flashlight out because the kid uses the flashlight to pick other kids, and I just really go over to the fridge, get that, and I don't really then mention it again, and I feel like I am missing an opportunity mm. there to at least in some way embrace the fact that there is a fridge door on stage. And to begin with, I didn't think up the line about my wife. Uh, well, is there a joke in? Is there a joke in? Um, you, I was going to open with it, or so, there's something like that. <laughs> See, that is very like much the... you, though. That is you. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the, the beauty of like one-liners, as you all know, this is that the, when you're delivering them at at such a pace, they mm. really, you know, it it compounds and it becomes funnier. I feel like if I did a one-off one-liner, which is very out of character for me, people Be would crony. give me the oh, you know, yeah, it yeah, would yeah, yeah, it would do, yeah. So. It's and, interesting. And I mean, I don't yeah, mind one of them. I don't mind one of them for sure, but I just don't know if it is still. And, and here's the thing: I that's not the response like, you want. So 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> What's the response? The, the groaning. I mean, I get that from most of my tricks anyway, right? So there's nothing new. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just I just feel like the the it's just so obscure to see a fridge door naked. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. <laughs> like it is bizarre. Mm. Uh, and again, it's lit up, the lights are on, everything, all the foods that, you know, the orange juice, everything an American would recognize is in that fridge door. But I just feel like when I say to the kid, I predicted it in fridge magnets, I brought it with me, please welcome to the stage, my fridge door. It's like, mm. what is the something? Is there something that, is there a joke in, is there any other character that you could bring in earlier, someone that you don't like or some, or something that... It'd be, I know you're thinking, he hasn't brought his fridge door with him. Well, it's not my fridge door. Do you know what I mean? It'd be another So person's... what I did say earlier on in the run was I said that it was Shin's. And I went, I'm just joking. That's okay. Not from I, went, and I went, that's from Shin's dressing room. So we have to act fast. Otherwise, his motion like gets soft. Um, yeah. But then the problem is, is did that, that it the fact that got a big laugh. The fact that I mentioned, anytime I, I rip Shin a little bit, people love it because it's just like, you know, and, and yeah. shouldn't trust me to never cross the line with, you know, because he's, mm. you know, he's here. He is a celebrity. Like he, every, I mean, yeah, I mean, our faces are all across the hotel, but he won America's Got Talent twice. Like yeah, people yeah. know who, like he, thankfully when he's off stage, his hair is a little flatter. He looks different. We can walk around without being bombarded, but certainly the Mirage gets a lot of Asian guests anyway, but Every Asian person mm. there knows who Shin Lim is. And when it starts, he gets hounded. And, and we can't go yeah. for lunch. It's like, it's it's wonder. I mean, he's earned it and it's wonderfully amazing. But um, it's because his stuff is so artistic and it's like people really respect the art of it. So if I then am too heavy on the comedy of like ripping the shit out of him, it mm. would turn the audience on me because they're like, whoa, we love him. What are you doing? Yes, you know, yes, so it yes, needs yes. to be the right level of playfulness. Cheeky. Yeah, exactly. like your friends, basically. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I just so that's why I like the line of going. I'm just joking. It's from Shin's dressing room, so we have to act fast. Otherwise, and the the bit that got the laugh was, otherwise his mochi will get soft, which is like right. something that mochi like just 
everyone because <laughs> he's always on Instagram eating mochi. So, um, but yeah, so people that know him just like it just made it really funny. Um, but it then contradicted the fact that I brought my fridge from my house where my wife put this thing and now Shin's so it was like, wait. And again, okay. it's like, if you're reading into the story arc that much, then, you know, you're, you're taking this a bit too seriously. I get that. Um, mm. But it's almost like, I just don't know if it's uh, my fridge door. I'm just joking. Not my fridge door. That's from Shin's dressing room. Maybe it is worth putting that back there. But I just... Oh, well, what if... What if, because she's saying this isn't working, could it be like, well, it's not my fridge door anymore? Because it's your wife's fridge door. Because yeah. she, that links to the not working thing. Yeah, it's not working. I say my fridge door. It's uh, it's it's, it's not anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. Anymore. Like, no, it's the wife's with the sofa. Ex, Ex-wife's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I mean, does that get too too uh, too not dark, but too like whoa, real too quickly? Or uh, I don't yeah, know. I, it depends how they take it, doesn't it? You don't know until you try things. By the way, and listen, I I am at the point where I will gladly take risks. Like, you know what it's yeah. like at the beginning of doing this is that like when you take risks, and you only do like one gig maybe a month when you're starting. You've then got to sit in that trauma for a month of being like, oh, that didn't work. I've now learned I'm back on stage tomorrow yeah. night or I'm back on Zoom tomorrow. So yeah. like I'll take a risk knowing that it's buffered with, you know, stuff mm. that's already banked. Um but yeah, the idea that I say my fridge door, uh, hers specifically asked for it in the uh, nuptial, you know, like, uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah maybe a way of, yeah. I didn't get it in yeah. the, in the, the, the uh, I don't know what the wording is, but in yeah, the divorce, something, something isn't suggesting it, but... that you know, in the divorce, she specifically asked for the fridge. Uh, so you know, it's here with me, but technically, it's you know, it's mine in spirit, <laughs> but hers, and you know, there's just something, yeah, maybe something playful in that. Or Again, it, it, and it is my fridge door. She got the dog. Or do you know yeah. what I mean? It's that kind of. And it is of... my fridge door. She got the rest of it. But you know, we split everything fifty-fifty. Maybe <laughs> yeah, there's something there you go. more in there. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, because you know we know we had to split everything fifty-fifty. Um, maybe maybe that's more the. And again, not dumbing down is the wrong phrasing, but just for this audience who are not expecting to have to overthink their comedy yeah. being. Yeah, yeah. You know, it needs to just be. I've learned that if I try and be too clever. It doesn't work, and uh, but that's why you know because yeah yeah but maybe that maybe the fifty fifties or something you know making mm. the exact point that you were suggesting but just in a way that's going to be delivered so that they get it. Yeah, exactly, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? That you're not playing to you don't know who you're playing. You're playing to everybody, aren't you? It could be anyone. That's I the mean, thing. I'll be you honest, Mark, so... and say the last the last three months I've been playing to Texas and Florida, and I know that because not a single person <laughs> yeah. has worn a mask. That's how I know. <laughs> That's how I know my crowd. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, they need to be reminded cool. occasionally. So, so when we were talking about you coming on, you you mentioned some TV bits that you you that you had trouble with getting on and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is so um, this is going back a little bit now, but um, and it's crazy saying that. Like it was two thousand and seventeen when I did America's Got Talent, but it was 2000. Mm. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, like most performers, professionals, yourself, I'm sure have been reached out to by the producers asked, mm. do you want to yeah. come on in some capacity? And for, so I did Britain's Got Talent years ago. Um, I saw that. Yeah. I, was, I was just, had to, I had to look at your Wikipedia and I didn't know you'd done that in 2012, yeah. right? So that was back during the, the days of the sketch comedy thus. And my thinking back then was oh. purely... If I'm going to do something on TV, what would Darren Brown not do? And I thought Darren Brown would not flash his ass 
on live TV. So I thought, <laughs> I'm going to have to... And it was, you know, at the time, again, it was all the sketch comedy stuff and it was all that 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 genre. So for the time, it was perfect uh, for where I was at. But uh, I learned a lot, definitely, from doing that. Uh, and the big thing I learned was, you know, the two ways of getting ahead in this industry. One is, you you know, with the Britain's Got Talent, it's like, you know, you're into the frying pan and it's immediately you get all this recognition. But then after it, unless you know what to do with that and how to channel it and use it, then, you know, it's game over. Mm. And I realized that there and then because the person who won that year, like nothing else really happened with them, unfortunately. And it was like, it was a real wake up call of, wait, why was I even doing the show in the first place? And I realized the other way of making this a career and being successful uh, is to actually go put in the hard work and do the Edinburgh's and do. Mm. So I did. And I went and you, you know this, you mentioned it already. I went to the Edinburgh Festival and started doing shows there and really worked my way up by, you know, putting in the graft. Not to say that people that, you know, do Britain's Got Talent and stuff haven't, but I, I decided, mm. no, this is the route that I'm going to take now and I want to go this way. So then a few years later, uh, I was then on tour with the, I'd done the West End with The Illusionist, which was like a huge yeah. show in the Shaftesbury Theatre. Uh, and then they asked me to come and tour America with them. And it was on my second, I think, tour of North America with The Illusionist. America's Got Talent had come to watch another act in the show because America's Got Talent and The Illusionist had a relationship whereby they knew that if magicians were in that show, they were pretty good. So yeah. they were a safe bet. And that was like their audition to be like, well, we're going to take one of them. And at the end, the producers very kindly said, we want Colin to do it. So oh, they asked me after the show, and I was like, very kind, but no thank you. Uh, mm. And then they phoned the owner of uh, The Illusionist and said, we want Colin to do it. And he phoned me and went, oh, you're doing America's Got Talent this year. I went, oh, I said no. He went, no, 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 no. you're doing America's Got Talent. It felt like your boss telling you, you're working Sunday. And you're like, I've got plans. And you're like, no, no, you're working Sunday. And it was like, all right, okay. So oh, wow. I'll be honest and say that I really wasn't that into it to begin with. And I put a couple of ideas to them. One of them was the thing I did on the Royal Variety show where, and this was like my big finish for my first Edinburgh show where all the way through the show, there's apparently someone's mind I can't read. And at the end, I'm like, what were you thinking of? And they say, Superman. And I'm like, what? And they go, Superman. And I'm like, oh. And I go, wait. And I unbutton my shirt and then pull my t-shirt open and I'm Brilliant. wearing a Superman t-shirt. And honestly, like very few things I've come up with have resulted in like an instant standing ovation. But like that mm. moment of just... I Did you have the old Superman end. music as well? Uh, I played it with the Superman music and without. And with the music, bizarrely, it seemed too set up. Like, oh, he, he had that prepared. Even though, like, he's wearing a T-shirt. Even though he's wearing it. Yeah. yeah. Like, but, so it didn't get as big a reaction with the music, bizarrely. So I did play it both ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> I sent the, the footage of that, and they were like, oh, we can't have that because of uh, the intellectual property. You, We can't show that. And I was like, could we do a variation Aye. of the T-shirt? And they were like, no, we just, what else have you got? And I put this oh, other man, idea. Oh, man, that is so so annoying when you yeah. know that that is such a big hit yeah yeah and then i put like two other things to them and they basically came back and rejected both of them and i was in this position of like i don't want to do the show i feel like i'm being made to do the show and everything i'm telling you that i know is good you're you're saying no to so like and i remember mm. i was in america i'd been in america at this point for like six months and i was like homesick and i've got i've got cats and i miss the cats and i was like I was like, oh, fuck it. I, I was on the phone and I went, get me a cat. In fact, I went, no, get me a kitten. And the, it went silent. And the, the, I remember, I'll never forget the voice went, how many do you need? 
And it was just like, I don't, like of all the things I've suggested, no. But I want a kitten, and you're like, okay, yeah. That, that, uh, that we can. And I saw the video, so you used it, yeah. So, well, yeah. So then my brain went, what the fuck do I use a kitten for? Like, I had no, I had no trick in mind. I was just like, oh, okay. But what I did remember was there's an amazing play, I don't know if you've seen it, called The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Night. It's no. uh, it's been in the West End for a few years, but it's um, it's been a, few, a while since I've seen it. And I, I wasn't massively into it until the very end. At the very end, they bring a, a real puppy on stage. And Mark, the mm. mood in the room, we were talking about like changing dynamics in comedy from one-liners to stories and stuff. The mood in the room when this real dog came on stage, I will like the the audience, myself included, we just melted. It was like, oh my, it was such a powerful moment in the story. It was just like, this is an amazing emotion right now. And I always remembered the feeling of seeing that live animal on stage in an unexpected way. So a really dark story. And at the Mm. end, a real cute puppy was just like this dynamic. It was the juxtaposition was incredible, right? And I, I, I stored that away knowing that at some point I'll think of something to, and it was out of sheer panic knowing in two weeks I fly to, to LA <laughs> to film this and it was like wait if I go on looking all dark and at the very end I hold up this cute white kitten yeah, you know so technically I mean a little bit of plagiarism there from the curious incident of the dog no. night, but, um, but yeah just the I mean used in a totally different way of course but, but mm. yeah that moment of holding up that kitten came out of like five when I say good ideas, not that the kitten wasn't a good idea, but five tested good ideas that mm. they vetoed, and I was left in a sheer state of panic, thinking, "How are the audience and the judges going to react to me having this count?" And I, <laughs> the mood again, in a different way, mm. it's, it had its own tone. But when I lifted that out, I'll never forget. And what made it really amazing, not many people know this, is that the reason Tyra Banks freaks out so much she was the judge at the time, is because yeah. she has a fear. She has a fear of cats. What? So the reason she's screaming, people think she's amazed, actually petrified. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Literally petrified. Oh, I choose my word carefully. Yeah, just for you. A pun very much intended. Um, oh, I love it. But, so yeah, but it was just, it was amazing to see like just, well, yeah, just from my point, from my perspective, the frustration of knowing this stuff works and I'm being at the liberty of other people who can just kind of guide it. And yeah, that so, is, that is always scary. Oh, so that, that trick with the cat, was that a trick you'd done before in a different sort of ways? Cause otherwise that's like very soon to a show like that to do something brand new, like, cause you'd smashed yeah, so, it up to that point as well. You were like, you'd gone bang, 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 a bit like a one line a bit, wasn't it? It was just, just loads yeah, of points. I mean, so what was amazing is that to start with, the so the compromise I remember was like, they said, we'll give you four minutes on the day. And I said, look, if we're going to do this, I want at least like, t- give me 10 minutes and you can cut as much as you want, but mm. 10 minutes so that we can then make sure that enough of it works. And I remember on the day I ran, I ran I've got this habit of overrunning, especially with new stuff. And I think I did 14 minutes, but they were, they were like, thankfully they were like really happy, but um, yeah. But yeah, it was 14 minutes and I opened with doing the stuff that I have always done, which is like where I come out, they pick people or point at people and I can tell them their birthdays, their jobs and all mm. that. So I thought I'm going to I'm going to start right. by doing stuff that I know works. So I came out, did that and then it was but then it needed a finish. So the method, the technique that I used to do, I'd done that loads. Um, I, I realized on the day there, there was problems with it in that setting as well that I'd never run into before. So even on the fly 
there's moments in my face. I, I hate watching myself back, but there are moments when I see that clip where I remember the dread because I thought, <laughs> I've just fucked this up. And I have, and I know why I fucked it. And I, and I, there's a moment in it where I, I one of the guesses of the hands, it was actually luck, but um, but I know, I, I know why. But um, so yeah, so all of that was in my, that was crazy. But I'd never done it with the cat before, so that was the new mm. part. Was so, you know, so but I, I've. The fact that I was banking on this brand new reveal that I'd never tested. Like, my big finish was mm. an untested thing. That was terrifying. So I knew that it was going to, well, I knew it was going to work, and then it didn't. And then, I, you know, the irony. <laughs> but um, but I saved it. Uh, but then, yeah. yeah, not knowing how that was going to play at the end, other than having the knowledge of the, the puppy from that play that mm. I saw in London. And oh, thankfully, great, you know, it all just clicked into place, and they cut it really well, so that you, you got to see, like, the best bits of each part, kind of. Mm. I mean, you know, like when you've done TV, they always leave out bits that you wish they'd kept in. Yeah, yeah, you of know, You know, oh, that five seconds more there would have been... And why have you put that bit in? That was a shit bit. Get rid of that and put, you know... But they have their reasons. So, you know, I've just learned... You know, when you, As soon as you do these types of things, you know, you're, you're kind of signing away you, the... You have to kind of not think about it, otherwise you'd go mad. Because yeah. there's nothing... You, once you've done it, there's nothing you can do. So... Yeah. And I used to have this weird paranoia of going on and doing, like my a material like i i spend most of my time now writing jokes and lines and bits and stories mm. because they're the bit that you know I, I want to be they're the bits that make me different to everyone else and magicians have got a habit like the magic culture is very much if a magician sees someone say a joke during a trick they think because i have that same trick or i do a version of that trick i then have the right to do your joke as well it's this weird right. dynamic and it yeah, really frustrates horrible. me it's, it's, mm. and it, yeah it's really quite disgusting like i've and i'm happy to like call people on it when when i've seen them take other people's lines and be like that's not yours by the way you know that's, that's the thing that i think that's the thing with the culture isn't it because we've you come from a stand-up background like you do because you started with stand-up that is the you know you're not supposed to take anyone's lines but with magic it, a lot of them think that it's all shared don't they I, they do and i think part of it is they spend so long mastering or perfecting the the trick that the actual mechanics of that they think that's the hard part the so then when they go out and do it yeah. people they go oh shit i haven't thought about what i'm gonna say oh wait yeah. what did what did darren or david blaine say oh i'll mm. just say that you know and they think yeah you know so i think part of it's panic and then part of it is oh wait that line worked and also oh. i suppose like the people that do magic they're not like you're different in that because of how you started and your interest in comedy but a lot of them i guess aren't funny uh, funny people maybe so yeah, they can't I mean, write their own stuff yeah and i mean it is hard like don't get me wrong it is mm. hard but i also think you've got a responsibility where if you're going to do a show like at the fringe and charge money for it then you have yeah. a responsibility for it to be your show not you've learned some tricks and you've learned someone else's jokes and you put them together well it's like you know that's mm. okay you've got a really good tribute act like what are you yeah, trying yeah. to achieve here? Um, you know, and I don't want to be too down on magicians because, you know, magic, the mechanism, the, the part where you learn the sleight of hand stuff is really hard. Of course that mm. is. But so is the, the talking part. And like people just think, oh, that's a good joke. I, I would have thought of that eventually. I'll, I'll take it now. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> so like, you know, that that annoys me about that. I said at the very beginning, there are parts of magic that I love and parts that I hate. Mm. And that's one part that really does, you know. I mean, mate, I, I know exactly how you feel. I get a lot of jokes nicked everywhere. So, you know, TV, online memes, and it's, it's frustrating. But I've just got to the point where I, you, it's just, I just keep writing right. loads more. Do exactly. Because you know I mean? 
what I've learned is these people are learning how to steal the end result. What they're not stealing mm. is the the mechanism, and the, they're not you know the journey. They're not stealing that, and that yeah. muscle, that creative part. You you know if you're only taking the end result, then I've still got the you know the means yeah. to write new stuff, and that's why I do love constantly trying to write new stuff. And like every day, I've got like post-its everywhere of bits, half ideas. Because yeah. even if I don't think, I, I love just working on all that stuff. That's what really still, you know, drives it forward. And what what used to annoy me is after the show at the Mirage, when we would do the meet and greet, people would come up to Shin and say, "You are unbelievable," and they turn to me and go, "And you're hilarious." And I'm oh, like, but wait, I just did all this mind blowing stuff. Was that?" And they've just taken. But yeah. they like the comedy. Yeah. But they like the hilarious. They, they like so. And I'm. And, mm. But then I remind myself. Do you know what? That was my grounding. My grounding is in that, and the yeah. fact that. That is now the part that is shining. The fact that the I very purposefully pick the material and the tricks that I want to do that allow comedy to... It looks like... I, I love creating scenarios whereby it looks like the spectators are not understanding what I'm asking so that I can get frustrated with them. Yeah. And it creates this... But it, and people, people always come up to me and they go, oh, I was at the show where the woman didn't do that thing that you asked her to do. And I'm like could be any show because it's, it's <laughs> yeah. taken me so long to perfect <laughs> how to get people to accidentally behave like idiots that i can yeah. then use that to be angry so so yeah that is what i'm constantly tinkering with is how to further that rather than so mm. uh, again in mentalism there's only there's two real tricks in mentalism the two tricks are either i'm going to get a thought out of your head or i'm going to try and make you think of something and i predict it those are the two tricks right right so every show every edinburgh show that i've written every new routine for this show it's like how do i take that concept and turn it into something I completely different experience yeah and it, edinburgh so that year where you you, you know you'd seen me and it, it went really well the second mm. year i kind of started off writing by making the mistake of going right how do i write a better show than last year and that was mistake one because trying to write a better show when you've just done the best version of it is going to such a shit place to start the pressure is insane mm. and i realized the secret is don't try and write a better show try and write a completely different show yeah. and that that shift in perspective made it way easier to then go oh right what's totally different to before and i'm like oh that's different and that and then it becomes how do i make that as good as it can be and mm. that approach so rather than trying to like just jump to that place like taking a big side step and then working that up that became like my tactic for oh, you know, every year Colin Cloud Woo! hashtag Wooga to Colin Clowder um, Joe you still wearing the same t-shirt well you only gave me two seconds listener here's a little insight <laughs> for you that that whole bit where you've been listening to the podcast that's only about a second in real time you have had nearly an hour to change your t-shirt joe and you have not stepped up unbelievable that's all right i'm you know that's why i'm here i'm here to sort of make up for it when you have your off days and you're here to make up for it when i have my off days don't have an off day well you wear you you smell well you smell off don't you like it's, you can't smell me through zoom and also don't remember the what about the toothbrushing stuff in the intro that was gold that was gold but it also backs up what I'm saying. About I guess so, yeah. You're sort of... I'm sort of a mess. You, you, you have Mark, just cleaned your... Mark, my life's falling apart. Have you cleaned apart. your teeth to the... Have you... Have you <laughs> she's left me. <laughs> As, uh, have, you, have you cleaned... Did you say you cleaned your teeth today? Yeah, yeah. I said I did it just before the oh, podcast. Oh, great, great. Oh, well, that's nice great. of you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well done. 
Um, good stuff. Uh, great episode. Um, interesting, the differences and similarities between uh, being a mentalist performer and a stand-up. Mm. Um, so, any feedback, let us know, at Jokes with Mark, across all social media. Um, go check out Patreon. There'll be some cracking bits up on Patreon right now. Uh, 361 jokes, five at a time. 22 episodes you've got on there now, Joel. 22 So episodes, many jokes. Plus loads of other great stuff. That's 120 uh, jokes? jokes. Oh, well done, Joel. Is, is that right? <laughs> yeah, five times 22. Good work. Oh, no, it's 110. No, no. I reckon oh. if you hadn't corrected yourself, no one would have questioned it. No, they would have. We've got smart listeners. They would have done. Knee would have messaged. Yeah. He's an accountant. He, he, he can't miss that. Guy. No. Yeah. Well done, Joel. Um, so, uh, anything more from you, Joel? Nothing more from me, Mark. Anything more from you, Mark? Nothing more from me, Joel. Hashtag a walker, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.